Hi, and welcome to this new episode of The Light Leaders Today. I'm very excited to have Shane Sterling on the show. Shane, welcome. Hi, Alex. Thank you so much for having me on. It's my pleasure to talk to you and your audience today. Hello to everyone who's listening. So today we will approach with Shane how to be a raw vegan and be super strong and look like you're 30 when you're 50 year old. Basically, I'm really excited to have you because I want to surround myself with people I'm inspired by. And I guess the listeners want to do the same. And I'm personally uh, on a raw vegan journey. I want to show, connect to God, be spiritual, all that. But I also want to build muscle. I want to feel good in that body, be super energized. Uh, I'm also interested in longevity. I'm, I'm pretty keen to stay a lot of time in that plane in this lifetime and to see what's possible and play with that. So uh, that's why I'm really excited to have you. And then more concretely, what we'll talk about, we'll obviously do a little intro to Shane and see what's been his journey, what he eats, but we'll keep that relatively short. You've done already a lot of content. I encourage people to check his channel. The interview with Gillian Berry was awesome. Then I'll personally have a lot of questions about your diet that is quite different sometimes from what, um, let's say, natural purists like Lauren Lockman or Duke Graham, Graham advise more, adding more superfoods. And uh, so I'll have a few questions there. I'm also interested in how you work out. Uh, we can compare with Ted Cow also that I've had on that show. And also interested to touch on spirituality. I know you're really into that. We can even go into uh, things like Brazilianism, gem, gem theory, all this. So what's the end? How does that sound? Okay, sounds fantastic. Yes, these are all topics that I love talking about. And I would love to share any insight and value that I have to offer to your audience today. That's amazing. Thank you. And for the listener, especially the people who watch on YouTube, I'll put everything into chapters so you can go directly to the parts that interest you the most. And if you like and want to support, of course, yeah, like the video, share it and subscribe to the channel. Let's get into it. Shane, thanks for being here. My first question to you is what are you grateful for today? What am I grateful for today? Great question. I do like to spend a lot of time in gratitude. I am someone who is very optimistic and I, I look for um, feeling and expressing the value within myself. So what am I grateful for today? I am grateful for the value that I feel that I have to offer, the value that I know is innately within my being, the value that I was born with, the stamp that was placed in my heart, the mission I have here on earth, the purpose that I'm fulfilling, and the way that that message resonates with others. I'm eternally grateful for that, and I'm grateful for it every single day of my life. Nice. Thank you, Shane. <laughs> and grateful to have you, of course. And now to get into um, like more yourself and the, your journey, can you have a uh, give a short context of your journey leading to being a raw vegan and especially what you're eating uh, now? My journey to become a raw vegan is really integral in my personal development journey. Since I was a teenager, I've always been interested in how I can change the dysfunction on this planet. You know, I. 
I love people, but I don't often like the behavior that we exhibit. I've never been okay with the genocide that we create for animals. So at a very early age, I decided to be vegan and to pursue what, that what path. Seventeen. If you can be specific on the ages, I think that's awesome, especially given like that you're 50 and you're 30, that can be. Yeah, of course. I first went vegan when I was 17 years old. That was the first time I said, I have to take action. I have to make a difference. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to stop contributing to factory farming and animal suffering. I had no interest in health whatsoever, but I was interested in taking a stand. And then over the course of my life, I've been interested in taking a stand in, in other ways to, for my own uh, success. I've been interested in taking a stand for what's right and bringing the truth forward and not tolerating not good enough saying that it is good enough. Well, what is, how do we achieve exceptional results? How do we live an exceptional life? How do we be exceptionally inspiring to others? And to achieve that, we have to be exceptionally inspiring people. We have to lead an exceptionally inspiring lifestyle, do things that are exceptionally inspiring and get exceptionally inspiring results. That will inspire people. So I'm very committed to self-exploration and personal development in a way that achieves exceptional results. That's really what has led me to a raw vegan diet. It's a spiritual journey. It's a personal development journey. It's, uh, it's growth. It's stretching out of our comfort zone. It's finding new ways of doing things, being our own leader, our own authority, experimenting with the nature of reality and being like a modern mystic, really deciding that we won't go along with the status quo. We are not sheep in the herd, but we are free thinkers. We are sovereign beings. We have a mission on this planet to fulfill that is unique to us. It's stamped in our hearts that has something of immense value to bring. So I'm always looking, well, what is the value that I'm supposed to bring? And in that pursuit, it has led me to realize that there's no other option for me than to be raw vegan. Yes, there's been some health issues. Yes, there's been reasons why I've, you know, had the catalysts that have led me to raw food over the years. But this has been a multiple decades journey of deeper levels of personal understanding, deeper levels of personal achievement, fulfillment of my destiny and my purpose, and, and personal excellence with myself. I mean, I hold myself to high standards and I literally just am the type of person who does not tolerate less than exceptional. And through that pursuit of exceptional, being exceptional, getting exceptional results, a diet, of course, plays a part because that's the foundation of everything we experience. So a raw vegan diet energizes my body. It energies, energizes my cells so that I can be exceptionally clear and exceptionally connected. And I can feel that subtle, intuitive a thread that connects everything. So I get intuitive impulses. I can feel the next directive coming from my higher self. I can feel what's right. I can feel the truth. Therefore, I feel confident speaking publicly. I feel confident leading my clients and my community membership now of 1,500 people. I feel confident being in a leadership role because I'm empowered with raw foods, because I'm empowered with an impeccable lifestyle that doesn't leave room for excuses. I don't give myself excuses. So that way, every day, I know that I'm capable of leading and being 
the person that others look to and uh, asserting myself as a position in a position of authority, self-appointed authority, true authority, spiritual authority, because I don't need to look for others for advice. I'm also very self-contained, very radically self-referencing in my life. I generally don't look outside of myself for much. And so my pursuit to be raw vegan isn't based on books that I've read, and it's not based on other schools of thought or philosophies, but rather my own personal journey. And of course, like I said, I went vegan when I was 17. I'm 50 now. So this has been 33 years where I've been understanding the nature of whole food, plant-based lifestyles and how to thrive as a vegan, because at the very most fundamental uh, point, I'm not going to go back to eating animals. I will not. So then how do I make sure that I'm going to thrive on a plant-based diet? That's led me to whole, raw, fresh living foods, eventually to the point where I've become aware of detoxification as a modality, as an understanding, detoxing my bowels, detoxing my blood, detoxing my lymph, so that I really don't desire those cooked foods and I can thrive more on the raw foods. Would you agree? I say sometimes I'm vegan for the ethics and rule for the health. Yes, absolutely. That's a that's exactly how I put it. I mean, I went vegan for the animals, you know, definitely for the animals. And I've learned about health over the years, you know, and now the health benefits are uh, clear to see. Most people don't believe that I'm 50 or they bulk and say that I have plastic surgery. I mean, I make content all over social media. So I get hundreds, sometimes thousands of comments a week coming in on my content and consistently people uh, are skeptical and think that uh, it's the result of genetics or plastic surgery when clearly I've led a lifestyle of um, cleanliness, internal cleanliness, uh, detoxification, focused on health and healing, focused on raw foods. And this is the result. I'm the living result of just a disciplined lifestyle over three decades. Nice. And can we go through the chronology very quickly? So 17, you start being vegan. I think I've, at, at some point you stopped, right? And then you got back into it as raw and did a, so can you share? 17, you go vegan? Yeah. So 17, I went vegan for the animals and I was strict vegan, not a single bite of any animal product for 13 years. At that point, it was 2001, 9-11 happened, and I was living in Los Angeles at the time, and I lost my job due to 9-11. There was a big panic in the city of Los Angeles, closely connected with New York City at that time. And so the city shut down for a couple months, and I was laid off from my job, and I was single at the time, and I just was kind of overwhelmed. I was, I think, about 29 years old. Was that what it was? Yeah, I was... Um, just under 30, 28, I believe. So I was at this transitional point in my life, coming of age. And in that overwhelm, I said, I'm going to relax on being vegan. So I allowed myself to have some animal products at that point, late 20s. However, I will say that I don't like animal products, never liked them. Deep in the core of my being, I'm an ethical vegan. So even though I relaxed the reins on strict veganism, I still was mostly vegan. That was until the age of uh, 44. Actually, let me go back a bit. At the age of 40, I had a very successful business. So between the age of essentially 30 and 40, I started a family, started a very successful uh, clothing store line in my area in Northern California, north of San Francisco a bit. And 
the, the success I was having took its toll. I got, I was stressed. I had two little kids at home and I was eating poorly, mostly focused on like, you know, beer at night to help de-stress. And I put on some weight and I didn't like that at all. So I had this wake up call at around age 40, my metabolism, my metabolism slowed down. And all of a sudden I was skinny fat. I wasn't exercising very much and overworking myself. I had a belly but I was skinny and, and didn't really look good. So that wake-up call said, okay, Shane, let's get back to a health-focused lifestyle. That was when I really adopted weightlifting. I built a home gym and I started lifting weights. I started squatting with a barbell. I started bench pressing. I started overhead pressing using dumbbells and barbells at home in my gym, in my garage. Well, that kind of set the ball into motion. The discipline and the self-mastery I was kind of after at that point led me to kind of put down all the other vices I was doing at the time, sugar, gave up caffeine, and I became really strict in my lifestyle. I got really lean, really focused, really fit over the course of a couple of years. And that led me to, to kind of re-spark my interest in the plant-based diet. Mm. So that was when I realized, okay, if I'm going to be plant-based again and really be strict, plant-based. I need to do this correctly for the rest of my life. That was when I really tuned into going raw vegan. I said, I know that I need to eat raw food, mostly raw, high raw, if not completely raw for the sustainable long-term health benefits. But I knew I needed to detoxify my gut. So I started with a 40-day juice fast. This was at age 44. I started with a 40-day juice fast after my 40-day juice fast, I eliminated a lot of waste too, by the way. About 25 pounds came out of me on that juice fast. My goal like mucoid, of that. Like mucoid plague style? Yes, correct. Mucoid plaque and all the accumulated waste in my GI tract. Now, when I started that fast, I was probably about 175, 180. And after the fast, I was about 150. Okay, so I lost a lot of weight. I was very skinny. My clothes didn't fit good. And I spent the next two years detoxing thoroughly. I was strict 80-10-10, low fat, high fruit, focused on detoxification, focused on getting my kidneys to filter, really healing, transforming my body. For And my goal was to be sustainable long-term raw vegan afterwards. So after about two years of that, I decided to switch it and go to higher fats and proteins, all raw, and start working out and doing strength training again. So this is where it came full circle, sustainable, long-term vegan for the rest of my life, plus weight training and incorporating them together to be an exceptional example of a raw vegan. That's also when I started my coaching business, my YouTube channel, Raw Vegan Rising, and had a lot of success helping people, coaching people on juice fasting, detoxification, how to go raw. And that was what really inspired me, fueled my own interest in being exceptional. Because all of a sudden I had clients, I had people looking to me, leaning on me, questions. I would start to get 10, 20, 30, 40 questions a week coming in on my social media channels. And I was like, well, I want to be an exceptional example. So I go hard in the gym. I focus on weight training, strength training, and getting stronger. I do progressive overload. Now I'm at about 200 pounds and pretty lean, you know, 15% body fat probably, and fully raw vegan. So now after three years between, you know, finishing my juice fast and the current day now has been three years of intensive weight training plus 
eating calories of fully raw vegan for the purpose of gaining weight and gaining muscle. And here I am today. And now at this step, when I'm a, this example of a, like a fit body, I have good muscle mass. Now people are really interested. And the momentum I have in my social media is wonderful. It's off the charts. I have 1500 people in my membership, Raw Vegan Heroes. And this is really about a, a community coming together to celebrate the raw vegan lifestyle and do it together as a family and as like a soul tribe. So I do, yeah, go ahead. To keep track, you said three years on, so 44 is when you do the juice fast. Uh, and now we're six years since the juice fast, right? So what did yeah, you Yeah, correct. Yeah, correct. Yeah, so 44, I did the juice fast and then I took two years. So at 46, that was when I went back to higher fats, higher proteins and okay, working okay. out in the yeah. gym. You were 80, 10, 10 until 46 and then... And then Correct. You... Yes. And now for the last four, well, I, I said three years, I think, because I time goes quick. Now it's been four years and I'm 50 years old and I've been doing higher fats and proteins plus progressive overload strength training for four years. Yeah. And I put on, now I was 150 pounds, like I said, when I stopped my detox focus and switched and now I'm 200 pounds. So I've put on 50 pounds you know, and I'm still pretty lean, like I said, so it's mostly muscle. You can see I'm pretty lean, yeah. you know, so I put on probably at least 40 pounds of muscle over the last four years, you know, but I, I focus on it. And uh, so it's not, it's not by accident. Yeah. And from here, you look like you have pretty clear blue eyes or <laughs> do you do iridology? Uh, you know, I'm not focused on reading iridology for people. No, I really, my focus in helping people is to understand how gut detoxification helps absorption and utilization of nutrients. So if we're going to be a, a perfect example of health, if we're going to anti-age, if we're going to reverse health problems, if we're going to heal and be an example of health, if we're going to look 30 when we're 50, we have to get our gut extremely healthy. The gut is the root of our health. You know, I understood at a very, very early age that gut health is primary. My father's actually a gardener and he always told me that the gut is like a compost pile and that the composts do well when it's all actively decaying organic plant matter. And he said, he always, my dad told me, I think when I was like 10 years old, he was like, if you eat 50% raw food, you can pretty much eat the other half, whatever you want. But that raw food really helps your gut be healthy. And he was never raw vegan, but that was just like something he said to me once and it really stuck. And you know, that was what my focus was gut health, gut detoxification, building an extremely healthy microbiome and diversity of microbes in the gut for proper breakdown, absorption and utilization of nutrition. So with that focus, that's how people can really get the results. Muscle building doesn't come from just food and weight training. Muscle building comes from proper gut health for absorption and utilization of nutrition. Yeah, and, and I feel that absorption is what makes sense uh, in a lot of, let's say, our system where we don't take so many nutrients, so much like supplements and all that. And we think a lot of the problems come not from not taking the thing, but from not absorbing it. I'm, cu I'm yeah. curious, uh, by the way, if you've done any long water fast. I've done two week long water fasts, but never longer than seven days. I've done two seven day water fasts. And those water fasts I did were before I did my first juice fast. And now what I come to understand is like, really, there's a difference between water fasting and juice fasting. 
And water fasting is really focused on autophagy and recycling of proteins and cells within the body. It brings us into a state of ketosis where we're you know, recycling our own tissues and cells, burning uh, fat for fuel, where juice fasting is high carbohydrate and it's, it's high calorie as well. So Some we're taking in- Juice feasting. Yeah, juice feasting. So if we're if we're taking in a lot of nutrition and a lot of calories, but not digesting, the miraculous thing that happens with that is that the body switches focus from digesting food to eliminating waste. So a juice fast is the ideal system for eliminating waste out of the digestive system. Now, a lot of people have inflammation issues or or even just bad skin you know, or even just premature aging, maybe their hair is thinning, or maybe, you know, they have like uh, rashes or, or some sort of aging, maybe weight gain, when really they, they think, well, if I water fast, this will help, but really waste elimination out of the GI tract is the first step in detoxification, clearing the skin, brightening the eyes, restoring cellular, cellular regeneration of like hair follicles, it all starts with detoxification is when we open up the pressure in the bowels, that's when the lymphatic system can work its magic. The lymphatic system will clean this, the cells and the follicles and the skin, but not if there's pressure in the bowels. Do you do enemas? No, well, I've been raw vegan now for over five years. So as long as I'm eating raw food, I don't see any reason to do an enema because it's just raw plant matter coming through my digestive system. It's already as clean as it can possibly be. So if I was eating animal products or cooked breads like hamburgers and French fries, then enemas certainly would be helpful once in a while. But as a raw vegan, I don't really see any reason to do an enema. Yeah, then you, you trust nature and because you're, you're doing things, you're putting things right in, you can trust your body that's taking care of the things to do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the body knows exactly what to do with a raw vegan diet. It's very minimal waste accumulation in the body and very quick bowel transit time. If anyone listening wants to know the secret to looking good as you age and looking younger than your age, it is bowel transit time of food. Make sure that food goes in and comes out as quickly as possible. And that's why raw food is the secret. If we're eating fruit and salad, it's in and out quick and we get so much nutrition from it. If we're eating cooked food, even starches like potatoes and cooked lentils and curries and rice, these types of foods slow the digestive system to you know very, very slow rates. It can take days to digest things like rice and potatoes. So even though those are standard staple plant-based foods, they really do minimize bowel transit time or you know increase the, the bowel transit time, which is not what we want. So that's why a cooked vegan diet and a raw vegan diet are really worlds apart. And it's important to understand the difference of both and the benefits of both. You know, if we're coming from a standard American diet or, you know, a cooked diet, then we definitely want to focus on whole food, plant-based sources only. That's the first step. You know, that's an amazing jump in health and vitality right there. But then if we can incorporate 50% or more living foods into that, then we're going to feel another jump. And if we can achieve 80% or more living foods from fruits, greens, non-sweet fruits, and sprouted and activated nuts and seeds, we're going to experience probably the best health of our life. 80% or more living foods is next level. 
when I started on the vegan, my first step, I, you probably know Dr. Gregor, and and uh, I feel he's a good one for that first step. And then I yeah. more towards the the raw. I just wanted to uh, stay a little bit also on the on the juice. Um, there is something with juice from like I have a very simple approach, which is um, if we were in nature, you know, like like okay, I see a mango, it's delicious, I eat it. And I'm more, let's say, skeptical about things that wouldn't be so natural. NMA, for example, is one. I don't see uh, many bonobos doing NMAs. And one of them with the juice, who I'm, like what brings skepticism to me for the juice is, well, juice isn't natural, right? It needs the processing, or at least in big quantities. You could suck a bit on an orange, but you wouldn't get much. And then rationally, there are things like just after you press the orange, I think in four minutes, half of the vitamin C is lost. Also, obviously, you lose all the fiber, which is the benefit of not digesting, but fiber is important too. So for me, there's something with juice where I tend to stay away from it for uh, there's oxidation for a lot of reasons that feel like I want food in that pure, natural form given by nature. And that's the fruit in its whole. And I'm not trying to tamper with it. Yes, well, absolutely, I agree. However, juice fasting is a temporary intervention protocol to intervene with the pressure in the bowels. Most of the diseases known in Western civilized society is related to pressure in the bowels. Sometimes it's very important that we just intervene. I help as a practitioner or health teacher, I help people reverse chronic illness. So that's a that's what we have to understand is it's first and foremost, we're doing a temporary intervention protocol. Juice fasting is not a diet, it's not a lifestyle. Now, beyond that, once we've cleared the bowels and we've opened up the pressure in the bowels with juice fasting, then we can enjoy the benefits of a whole food, raw plant-based diet and get the most out of it. So we don't need to alter the foods, but we might need to alter them in the beginning to kind of kickstart the problem. If we come from three decades of eating fried food and meat and dairy and animal products, we're going to certainly need some intervention. And that's where it really plays its part. Now, also juicing, for me, for instance, I don't juice fruit. I rarely drink fruit juice. I will juice greens. And I juice greens for nutrient density. And I juice greens for concentration of phytochemicals, phytonutrients, flavonoids that really help the body detox and uh, fight free radicals. And so for me, I'm thinking about it more like nutrient density. And it's a tool, a juicer is like, uh, a stove. You know, the vast majority of the world uses a stove. The juicer is just another form of altering the food to get some sort of uh, altered effect or benefit. I believe that juicing greens and herbs in, in moderate amounts can be beneficial for the nutrient density, especially if we're raw vegans in today's world, you know, when we have mass produced produce in the grocery stores, there's an advantage to taking this beautiful array of greens that we see on the shelves and concentrating that nutrition down into a glass. You know, we can get a lot more out of it. We could never eat that much greens, but fruit juices for sure, I think our fruit is better eaten. And so I will generally eat fruit mono meals and, and green juice uh, and that's one of my strategies is to make green juice every day. I have green juice usually five days a week if 
uh, time permits. Sometimes I'll skip weeks or even a month, you know, I'll get out of the habit. But generally, since I was 17 years old, I have been juicing, um, making green juice specifically. And I was introduced to green juice back in the 70s with my mom. Actually, my mom would give me juice. And I hated it as a kid. But as I got to be a teenager and I went vegan, I started, I had a juicer, I bought a juicer, and then I would make juice, you know, and I would make parsley juice and I'd get all tingly and I'd like the feeling and then I'd make more. And then, you know, I've just been juicing for three but, decades now. So the, the benefits though, and I will say, the last thing I'll say on juicing is you notice the difference in somebody's glow of somebody who has green juice regularly. And I can just see it from a mile away. There's an extra vibrancy in the eyes and in the energy, you can see it, it just comes across. And so to deny ourselves possible nutrition that is available to us to get that glow would, you know, I don't see any reason to avoid that. And the proof is in the pudding. People who do juice regularly like that have an extra kind of vibrancy. And it's cool, it's cool to see. Actually, yeah, let me cool. say, let me just say one thing on that. I was just traveling in Costa Rica and I was down there for a couple of weeks for my 50th birthday. And I was in the town of Puerto Viejo on the Caribbean side. And I was exploring the town and there was this little hole in the wall juice place run by a little Rastafarian guy named Joseph. And Joseph had the most incredible glow. His skin, he looked like he could have been 12 years old. His skin was perfect, glowing bright eyes. I could tell the second I looked at him, he was mostly raw vegan. I could see it glowing from him. And I asked him, I said, are you raw vegan? He said, yeah, I'm mostly raw vegan. He, but he said, actually, mostly these days, I'm just drinking juice. And that was his business. He would make juice for the tourists coming through Puerto Viejo. And he had a little juice shop set up on in the town there. And he said, when he said, I mostly drink juice, I was like, oh, well, that makes sense. Glowing. The dude was glowing. I don't know how old he was, probably in his 30s or so. But he looked like he could have been a teenager. Absolutely vibrant. Okay. Yeah, I mean... You know, it seems like it works. I agree with you. And uh, you also a beautiful testimony on it. There's still something in my rational mind where I feel like, okay, it's it's transformed. And you say you can't have too much, but to me, part of it, and that leads to the superfood discussion is like, um, well, usually to get that much nutrient, the, the body would have, yeah, to digest a lot and do a lot. So someone like Lauren Lockman would probably say could have, a bit of um, an overload actually of nutrients. And he's also not a huge fan of a lot of uh, of things that are called, like of focusing too much on superfoods because to him, at least there can be a lot of work for the body to have so much, I don't know, protein and so much of these nutrients that are great, but in huge quantities that the body hasn't been designed to absorb. And that's why normally it has to work a lot or even smaller quantities of that. Well, I think we're asking our bodies to work in extraordinarily bizarre ways by eating these overly cooked diets with focus on animal products. When but we yeah, move... yeah, but, but Shane, yeah, I'm, it... I'm, comparing, I'm comparing with a raw vegan where you would eat the thing. Not, I don't want to compare. Yeah, so I mean, when we go to a raw vegan diet, I mean, we're eliminating the majority of burden we could possibly put on the body. I mean, the body knows exactly what to do with whole plant-based sources of food and nutrition. I personally am not a fruitarian. I am a raw vegan and I focus on superfoods and nutrient density specifically. And I have my whole life. So I love cacao 
and I know a lot of the purists, raw vegan, uh, fruitarians who eat fruit and don't juice are think it's a neurotoxin, but here's the proof. I've had cacao every single day for the last four or five years of my life. It's too and none too, right? Here's the proof. And I also have maca root every day. I have ashwagandha root every day. I have, um, you know, I focus on superfoods, spirulina and chlorella I've been having for 30 years. You know, I juice every day. I've been juicing since I was a teenager. So the proof is in the pudding. Um, I respect Lauren Lockman immensely. We're all raw vegans in this uh, arena, but people can look at me at 50 and see the results I get from my lifestyle. They can look at him and see the results he gets from his lifestyle and make up their own mind. Yeah, that, that's that's also where I'm at. Like, and that's why I'm excited to have you. Like, for my rational mind, a lot of things more in depth vibe make a lot of sense but when i look at you i'm like well basically tell me what you do and i'll do exactly yeah. that <laughs> yeah i if i could nutshell my lifestyle and how it's benefited me and my aging over the years it's that i don't overeat i don't force my body to consume a lot of food i've always been a light eater um in addition like i said i've been plant-based whole food and juicing focused most of my life for a good 30 years. And then I also focus on nutrient density and superfoods. And I absolutely do. I've always focused on superfoods. So <clears throat> to me, putting in ideal nutrition into the body gives the body more of what it needs and less work. So for instance, I can make a superfood dense smoothie and in one meal, and in the content of about a thousand calories, I can have more nutrition than I could get in eating a week's worth of food from, you know, a standard cook diet. So therefore the body gets more for less work. Now, what happens when you give the body more for less work? The body doesn't age. The body doesn't age as quick. And you couple that with consistent weight training. And I'll tell you, when you go into the gym, now I go to the gym five or six days a week consistently, and I have for the last 12 years. When you go into the gym consistently, it stimulates your hormones, it stimulates your uh, endocrine system and your uh, blood, gets your blood pumping, obviously your heart rate goes up, it stimulates all kinds of fight or flight responses, anxiety, when you put yourself under heavy weight, when you're squatting 200 pounds and you're deep in the hole, you're nervous. You get a sense of anxiety. You're in danger. When you put yourself in danger every single day, <clears throat> intentionally, under controlled circumstances like weight training at the gym, you're actually stimulating your body to be more primal. It, it, it detoxes the body. It stimulates the lymph. It stimulates the bowels. It stimulates the hormones, keeps your testosterone high. Now, most people misunderstand the hormone of testosterone. They think it makes bulky, aggressive, loud, masculine men, when testosterone actually makes you more calm and collected and more centered and grounded and present. The masculine hormones actually make us very calm and collected and present. So when we're calm and collected and present, we actually can make better choices. Now, if we are um, <clears throat> wrapped up in these high protein diets and working out for muscle mass, we're going to be having all of these estrogenic hormones entering our body, it stimulates the wrong hormones in the body and we get overly uh, over production of estrogen. That makes us aggressive, short-tempered and out of balance. So for a man to be eating high protein and working out, we get out of balance. 
the raw vegan diet and exercise brings us back into true masculine balance. So that is one of the reasons why exercise is so extremely important. So for someone who you know, doesn't work out regularly, I would say you'd probably be able to see that effect. And if you do work out regularly, you can see that effect also. So that's me uh, being someone who works out consistently. So that's a bit another major contributing factor. Nutrient density and consistent exercise. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. And by the way, on the, um, I mean, I won't go into all the things, but just to, to sum it up, yeah, compared to the more like fruitarian approach, you're, um, yeah, you're adding juicing, you're adding superfoods. We can talk a bit more if you take supplements, but also more fatty nuts and seeds and also things like cacao that can be a bit stimulating. And it looks like it works really well for you. And that's also why I'm, um, I, I, I wanted to ask you and, and see that. How about um, well, cacao? Yeah, let me... Let me yeah. Yeah, let me say one last thing before your next question about cacao and exercise. A lot of people who are going to the gym in our Western modern society will know that there's workout supplements. You know, there's pre-workout supplements that are actual real central nervous system stimulants to help you get that mindset and that focus and the energy to get aggressive in the gym to lift, lift beyond your normal capacity. Okay, and lifting beyond our normal capacity is extremely important. So how are we going to find the motivation day in and day out to lift heavy weight beyond our normal capacity, which has so many benefits? Well, having a little stimulation like cacao has been miraculous in my life. And theobromine, the stimulant in cacao, is a non-central nervous system stimulant. It doesn't stimulate the central nervous system. There's a tiny, minute amount of caffeine. It's negligible in cacao. And the amount I have, like three tablespoons of raw cacao, cold pressed, cold processed cacao powder in my smoothie per day is a non-measurable amount of caffeine. But that slight boost, I'll tell you, that slight boost gives me an edge to get to the gym consistently five days a week for 12 years, which gives me the results of the effects you can see before you. So the, the proof is in the pudding. I mean, sometimes we need a little kick in the ass to get out of our comfort zone. And we can use that in any way, shape or form we see fit. And I'll tell you, getting out of our own comfort zone is a really important aspect of being healthy and being a badass. And if we tell, if we listen to what somebody else says, we will very much get complacent with some ideology that some other person is dis disseminating down for us saying, this is the way to do it. I, I would recommend and caution against that. I would, I would caution the listeners and anybody interested in this topic of being a badass to really find your own way and to be your own leader. And don't listen to a single word anybody says unless they have the exact results you want. So I don't take advice from anyone unless they have the exact results I want in health, love, money, relationships, service work. Like if I don't see somebody having the full picture, I really just don't listen. Okay. And I would I'll urge have, other people to do the same. That. I'll, yeah. I'll have a question on that, but I want to rebound a, a little bit on also on, on what you said, actually, from personal experience, because following the more um, natural fruitarian lifestyle, I've been feeling great. There's been a, a lot of things, but... It's true when we talk about the stimulation, it goes down a, a bit. I've also stopped, uh, I have an ice bath here, but I've stopped doing it for the same reason that I felt, oh, is it like too much stress on my body to go into an ice bath most days? And what I noticed is, for example, going to the gym, um, 
I, I would end up doing, which is also a great exercise of also of mindfulness and for the muscle, but I would do what I call weight assisted Qigong, where when I would be there at the gym, it wouldn't really feel right to push super hard and go, yeah, like go hard and, go like, and, and push would be more like, I put some lighter weight and, and go like very slowly with the weights. Yeah. But and which is I think a good exercise too, but it's a different vibe. And there's probably something I'm missing yeah. there, not having that stimulation. Well, I think that's right. You know, let's I think stimulating ourselves beyond our comfort zone is part of being exceptional. And like I said in the beginning of this interview, that's what I focused on my whole life. The reason I went vegan was to push myself past my comfort zone to find new levels of being an exceptional human you know i'm in this world but i'm not of this world and i'm looking for ways to move beyond the mundane aspects of this world and if i get too complacent or too uh comfortable it does not serve my purpose on this earth was which is to bring a very inspiring message to others to get off animal products and that our spiritual destiny really lies in our uh, transforming the trauma patterns. And this is part of the purpose and mission of my life on this earth goes to healing trauma wounding that tr is passed down through generations. My big motivation for being stimulated, for being motivated in the gym and everywhere else in my life is to actually reduce suffering and heal trauma. But look, we're deep in the hole here in our society on earth at this time in history. We can't be complacent. It doesn't serve us to just try to get along okay in our own life and do what is like comfortable. I think every man on earth needs to get really hawk focused on finding their purpose and mission. A man without a mission is an emasculated man. An emasculated man cannot lead and cannot inspire others and is not, an, in not living into the fullest potential of what a man's true purpose and destiny is on this planet. Men need to lead, men need to be warriors, men need to be badasses. No woman is going to listen to a man if he's not providing, earning, capable of protecting. So while raw food is the path, and it is mine, I'm a raw vegan, we can't get sucked into these ideologies that lead us away from being a warrior. So an all fruit-based diet can, the, the pitfall there is that we can become complacent or a little bit emasculated or at least underweight. And so being underweight from an all fruit diet is a very slippery slope. And I would say that whatever we need to do to stimulate ourselves out of that small body mass, small leadership mentality is essential. Men need to get focused on their purpose. They need to do the hard work. They need to put themselves in a position of danger in the gym, under heavy weight every day. If they're not doing that, what are they doing? You know, what are they doing? They're leading probably some other kind of emasculated type of, of life, which is fine. It's not judgmental of me to say that. I'm just saying that, you know, we need the men right now. We need the men. So I'm a very spiritual person, very spiritual. But I see in the spiritual community that men get really complacent with being balanced and wanting to integrate their feminine and their masculine together and saying, oh, well, weight training is a little too aggressive. I don't really need that. I can just stick with my yoga. But how many That's people are you leading? You know, how many people are you leading? Are you leading an, a, a transformational message for the earth? Are you leading thousands of people to transformation? Probably not. So, you know, 
that's what the goal of the man is. So I would just suggest most most men who are skeptical of uh, weight training or giving ourselves some sort of stimulation to get out of our comfort zone, just examine that. Like, are you in your masculine leadership and how far are you taking that in your life? And what's your purpose? Are you driven by your purpose and your mission or are you waiting for somebody else to tell you what's going on? <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's a, That's an important share. Do you, uh, do you use ice baths too? No, I don't. I'm not opposed to it. I just, uh, I don't have access to that regularly. Okay. And um, on the, on the um, I feel like, yeah, now we're a bit more in a lifestyle conversation. There's one thing I wanted to ask you on the more specific what you eat uh, is the, what kind of water do you drink? Uh, I, I really like coconut water. It's like plasma straight, like goes right into the cells. Uh, so I prefer coconut water, of course. Um, but then I will focus on mineral water or like a spring water, excuse me, uh, like some water that comes out of the ground that's unaltered. So I, in the most ideal setting, we would have well water that was fresh and clean right out of the ground. I lived in a house for many years that had impeccably clean well water, and it was the most miraculous water that I've ever had in my life. And when I moved out of that property, I was so sad that I wouldn't be able to have out water like that. And now here in Austin, Texas, where I live, there's a wonderful company called Alive Water, that gets the spring water out of local springs and bottles it and brings it to my door. So I pay for the delivery service of a live water, which is unaltered spring water. It's not filtered, it's not cleaned, it's just straight out of the ground spring water delivered to my door. So that's and what I do, yeah. Distilled, because some people are really into distilled waters. So second to that, I would probably go for distilled water. And then third would be like a filtered water, like a reverse osmosis type water, which can then alter the water's pH and, and reverse osmosis water is okay if you live in an urban environment, don't have access to clean water. But ideally, we would want a spring water and then distilled. I drink a lot of distilled water, actually. I do. Yeah. And then beyond that... Um, if you can get your hands on a good well or a good spring, that's the ticket. <laughs> well, that leads a bit. I feel that like we've entered a bit more a, a lifestyle also that leads a bit to, um, yeah, what's your lifestyle? So like, wh where do you live? Are you in a, in a city? I live in Austin, Texas. I yes. moved here two years ago because I had a very important location reading with my astrologer. I, I work closely with a very talented astrologer. He he studied in Eastern astrology. He studied in India for 30 years, Eastern astrology, under his so guru. That, that Vedic astrology. A Vedic astrology, yes, correct. He calls it Asterian astrology, which is actually a slightly different variation. He said his guru, now he told me this, this is funny. He told me his guru told him to never teach westerners his methods because they're too dumb and they don't deserve it so he told me that <laughs> so anyway he's trained in asterian astrology and i consulted with him on my location he calls it a location reading which gives you the ideal locations around the earth for different natures of your personality he he measures it on home social love money and health now austin texas just so happened to have the highest score possible for money and love for me. And I was like, hey, good money, good love. I'm going to Austin, Texas. So I moved here two years ago based on that location reading that he gave me. 
It's funny here in Bali, there's a strong connection with places like Costa Rica, Mexico, and Austin, actually. And usually I live in Ubud, Bali. And when people get really more into entrepreneurship and making a business, often they move to Austin. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So actually, Bali is one of the highest rated locations on the earth for me, too, according to this location astrologer. And uh, my money and love and health are all at the very top peak. So if I was going to live anywhere outside of Austin, Texas, it would probably be Bali. Well, we'd love to welcome you here. Actually, Yeah, I'll man, I'll have to come say hi. How's Ubu? Do you like it there? Yeah, it's awesome, man. It's a great community. Locals are amazing. Obviously, a lot of beautiful fruits. And we're building some. We have a permaculture there just in the back there, permaculture garden. So that's one thing, living in the tropics. So it's easier to grow your own fruits. Yeah, that's wonderful. I, I'm looking forward to visiting Bali. I'm considering maybe next year I will come visit. Okay, so. well, that's awesome. When you come, like come here, we're building a studio at the moment and uh, we can do an interview. So Lauren Lockman, who lives in his center in Costa Rica, he was here two weeks ago. So he came to visit a bit. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, great. I was just in Costa Rica a couple of weeks ago for my 50th birthday. And Costa Rica is another place where I have good location readings. And so I'm interested in possibly living, splitting my living situation between Costa Rica, Austin, and possibly Bali. Because, you know, speaking of lifestyle, I've worked my entire life as an entrepreneur. I started my first business when I was 24. And I've worked to be completely self-employed ever since then. So for 25 years, half of my life, I've been working to be self-employed. And with the onset of the internet and the information age, this is a time when we can make our money online. So the last six, seven years of my life, I've really been focused on creating a completely information age business with time freedom, location freedom, and money freedom so I can live anywhere in the world. So I've finally accomplished that with my coaching business. And uh, it's just one of the best things anybody could ever do. I invested six years with my marketing coach to learn how to use marketing to make money online. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's awesome. And that's something I, I had been working a lot in, in the past few years too. And it's like that freedom and we're getting a bit uh, swayed. So maybe we'll have a, <laughs> a conversation on it online, but also what I'm really into at the moment is the sovereignty topics and how, you know, we can be in uh, Costa Rica, Austin, Bali, and also have governance tools and things where we can travel and build civilizations in ways that, um, you know, it's good to have financial freedom and money in the bank account that helps to do a lot of things. And um, your money can be frozen by banks at any time. And so there's like a certain degree of freedom that we don't access in the in the old paradigm, right? I'm sure you know about it. So that's also the things I'm, I'm really... Um, really focused on at the moment it's not just yeah, yeah okay have a thriving business but how we build societies that are kind of fair and preserve people's freedom yeah well i'm really interested in these topics too it's actually i'd say the biggest part of my lifestyle is what what drives me is impact and reach and bringing my message to a larger audience i have to use marketing and business to do that and so for me my lifestyle being raw vegan is integral in my entrepreneurship and my entrepreneurial journey is absolutely parallel with my health and my raw vegan journey, 
Like I actually started my raw vegan journey to integrate it into my lifestyle as an entrepreneur and to create a business and to be inspiring and to bring a message all in the same one fell swoop. So I didn't go raw vegan independent of my entrepreneurial uh, journey. It's been one in the same for me. Well, actually, here in April in uh, Bali, there'll be about 100 um, conscious entrepreneurs and community, conscious community leaders from all around the world coming for a whole month in a resort where we'll be together and creating what we call uh, decentralized autonomous organizations or DAOs. That's, mm. that's from the crypto world. I don't know if you're uh, in, into that too. And one of uh, some of them is to create land based conscious community networks. Um, media platforms, but one of them that I wanted to initiate, depending on who is there to create it with me, is um, I mean, we'd have to find a, a name, but like a living food DAO kind of. Yeah. Because I know people in the living food movement, they I don't say Rovigan or Fruitian because the labels sometimes like, uh, but let's say living food. Living foods but is a good. They're really passionate. Label. Yeah, they're really engaged. They're really passionate. So um, that's something. So. Anyway, DAOs, like how we organize people in a way that's decentralized, less hierarchical, but still in an organization with a lot of automation. And, um, and I think that be that would work really well. And that's, um, that's in the books for April. And if you're free in April, maybe spend. Okay, time. yeah, wonderful. Well, part of my freedom lifestyle is that I can go anywhere in the world anytime I want. So it's just a matter of where I'm called and where I'm inspired to go. So thank you for the invitation on that. Thank you. Um, and I had a, I mean, that fits into the lifestyle part, but there'll be a few other questions um, that I have. So just to close that more lifestyle part, you say also you have, um, you're in a relationship, right? From what I understand. Yes, correct. And if you, if you're willing to share, is your partner also on the same diet? Yes, completely. We have the exact same lifestyle. She's raw vegan with me. Um I can't tell you how amazing that is because I was divorced two years ago from my ex-wife of 15 years and we had two children together and uh, it was, we had very different lifestyles and it was painful to try to make a life with someone that didn't share your same insight into lifestyle choices. So going through a divorce process was painful having children now that are you know joint custodies and these types of situations is stressful and painful but having a new partner this has taught me the importance of aligning lifestyle so my new partner is raw vegan we live together uh we thrive on raw foods together we we make the same foods of the salads and the fruits and the smoothies and juices we can support each other with that i mean i can't tell you how incredible that is so i'm very grateful like every day to have a partner who is not only on the same lifestyle as me but absolutely um you know adores my lifestyle choices it looks up to me and is proud of me for being who i am and and leading uh in the living foods movement so that's a great feeling and anyone who is still struggling with a partner who does not share the same lifestyle my heart goes out to you i understand i've been through it and sometimes we do have to let go to thrive. You know, sometimes we have to let go of what's not working. And even though we love people, we love our partners. If we don't share the same lifestyle, that's a big one. I I, I would encourage people to make efforts to align that area of their life. 
and and that might make it even more when so you you said you have children right because i guess from your own almost your own ethical point of view it'd be like oh well i want to raise them probably also as raw vegans so they're thriving because what you you believe in actually i had on the show um uh, Anne osborne she had two sons and she raised them as like mainly fruitarian and mm. yeah, i'm curious like i did you uh, did that impact how you raised them the raw vegan um no actually it's it's interesting because my ex-wife is not vegan or interested in being vegan at all and has very very strong views around raising the children omnivore and so it's been a very painful discrepancy and sometimes in life we have to choose our battles so instead of choosing the battle of the microcosm of the family unit i've chosen to you know not engage in that battle I'll lead through example. I'll be an example for my daughters. But really, my battle is in the larger global conversation. That's why I'm driven to be, you know, have impact and reach in my in the global conversation, because um, there is a lot of situations like that where we're not able to reach our loved ones. We're not able to share it in the family unit. I talk to people every single day in my membership community, Raw Vegan Heroes, where people are you know, want to be raw, but they have to cook for their kids and every version in between making steak for their husband when they want to eat raw vegan, you know, so this is a big issue. And one of the reasons why I went raw vegan is actually to reclaim my leadership as a man. When I was in my marriage uh, with a, this non-vegan uh, partner of mine, we I reached a point where I realized I was useless to her and to my children if I was not standing in my whole truth. I wasn't going to battle her like you're wrong and I'm right. I said, I'm going to choose a raw vegan path for me, regardless of the consequences of what that means. And when I claimed that and I put my foot down and claimed my own lifestyle, she took that as shots across the bow she said that you know that was the end she, i chose me over her as she put it so she asked for a divorce at that point and said i abandoned her right but i didn't abandon her i claimed myself and sometimes in the great deep claiming of our truth we have to let things fall away that don't serve us now i still am a father i love my children i see them all the time i'm co-raising my children what really matters is that i'm an example for my children they'll come around when they need to when their health requires it when they're in their 20s or 30s and they're seeing the truth in the world and they're like wait a second dad's been raw vegan he understands that will come around and it's not my time to claim when that mirac miraculous awareness comes to them that's for the divine to decide but all i can do is be an example so i claimed my sovereignty i claimed my power i claimed my leadership as a man because by claiming that it allows me to be more of a leader for my family so even though i had to get divorced to make that claim I'm more masculine, more in my leadership, and more capable of leading and being a father and being a friend to my ex-wife than I ever could have been if I hadn't made that declaration to myself and claimed my truth. Yeah, that, that, that's so true. And as a man, if you're not in your truth and in your power, in the short term, it can, and you compromise for the, for the love, I feel like in the short term, yeah, it can save some things but ultimately you also lose respect of the feminine so you you lose on yes. your sense 
Absolutely. And that's why I say that it's imperative for a man to be on purpose and on mission in their life, because a man without a purpose and without a mission is an emasculated man. And we cannot lead the feminine. We cannot lead our children. We cannot lead communities and groups and conversations and thought leadership in the world if we are not on purpose and on mission in our own life. So me going raw vegan in my personal circumstance, that was part of claiming my mission and my purpose. For every other man, that will be different what that looks like. And the root of our purpose and our mission is rooted in our trauma, our original wounding. The original heartbreak and betrayal of our life holds the key and the map and the pathway to find our fulfillment, our purpose, and our mission in life. So if we can connect with our original wounding, we can actually use that to find the true purpose and meaning we're meant for in this lifetime. And that's exactly what I did. And that's exactly why I have to be raw vegan as part of my path, because it goes back to when I was a teenager and why I was called to go vegan when I was 17, which is my wounding. My original wounding was my despair and heartbreak, absolute betrayal, seeing the state of our society seeing that men abuse the feminine, men rape and pillage and create genocide for animals, the female animals. When I saw that as a, as a young person in the world, I was so betrayed by that. I felt so heartbroken. That is one of one aspect of my original wounding, which fuels my mission. So you so said my trauma, by healing my trauma, I create a mission in the world. And by fulfilling my mission in the world, I heal my trauma. It comes in a loop. And that's what the purpose of the masculine really is. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's, and, uh, we have that in common. You know, also, I also came here to help like that ascension of the planet and, and so pursuing, like having fun in the process for sure. I'm celebrating every day. <laughs> yeah. Life is so cool. But also I'm here to get things done. Yeah. <laughs> I like that, man. Good for you. Excellent. Yeah. I feel like I'm here to heal the planet as well. I, I uh, always felt it from when I was a little kid, you know, and I didn't know how to for my youth, all through my youth, I didn't know how to apply myself and it created a lot of separation and feeling different. Like I didn't belong here. And, you know, and that's, so that's... if you feel like you don't belong, the, the danger is that you will withdraw and you become more emasculated, you become more disempowered. But if you realize that your trauma holds the key to your healing and the healing of the world, then it gives us a very clear pathway out of that. We have to apply ourselves. I like to say that the reason you feel like you don't belong on this earth is because you came here to create the new one. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. It takes a lot of wisdom to come to that understanding. And it's, it's one of the great breakthroughs of my life is realizing that. Uh, there's something which I was is why, I, and which is why I'm unapologetic about being raw vegan and my style of raw vegan to people, you know, like superfood as opposed to whole fruitarian or whatever, is because I'm really, I'm not here to uh, worry about the semantics, the details. I'm here to change. I'm more committed to making a difference than I am to being right or being liked. I'm not. I don't care how I'm perceived. I'm dedicated out of my mind, committed out of my mind to making a difference, to being in the in the conversation, to instigate change. If we need to uh, create uh, divisiveness, if we need to create haters on social media along the way, so be it. That's part of the mission of making change. Cool. 
And I had a question on um, the um, advice from people, you know, who tickle those boxes, because I was thinking for me, what I was thinking originally, sometimes I look at someone, I'm like, okay, it looks like I'm going to take advice from them on how to make money, but not on my hair. So for example, I listen to Jordan Peterson. I'm like, well, I'll take advice on some of the things he says about being masculine and cleaning your room or whatever. I'm not taking advice from Jordan Peterson on diet, right? But you said you only take advice on people who have like basically all you want, uh, like spiritually, physically, uh, in their business. You also said that in terms of diet, you need to look at people who are older than you because the younger still may not work. So my question to you, Shane, is uh, I'm very curious to know who do you take advice from? Because I want to know that person. <laughs> Um, that's a good question. Well, I did state uh, closer to the beginning of this uh, discussion that I really am radically self-referencing and that I don't take advice from a lot of people. Uh, so that really is the answer to your question. There's not a lot of people I take advice from. I, like a lot of people, have to kind of piece it together through different mentors. So I will have a business mentor when I need to have a breakthrough in my business. Or I will seek diet mentorship when I need to have a breakthrough in my diet. But overall, um, I'm still looking, Alex, for the ultimate mentor for me. I, I will be, be very transparent and honest. I'm always looking for someone who has all the boxes that I'm looking for. Um, I, I really have come to believe at this point that when we mentor with someone, we really do want to mentor uh under someone's wing for all of the comp components, all of the capacity that they are. It's not enough to mentor for just business, but then they are a carnivore and they don't represent that lifestyle. That's not enough. We want to seek mentors that have the lifestyle, that have the health, that have the money, the purpose work in life. We It's important to seek those levels of um, mentorship for ourselves because mentorship is the ancient art of apprenticeship. We work co closely with somebody. We're learning the nuances of mindset. How do we learn the nuance of mindset of wealth when their mindset of, of health is completely skewed? It's all connected. How we do one thing is how we do everything. So it's so important that we find mentors that have as many boxes checked as we can possibly find. The last mentor that I was working very closely with was my business mentor from the uh, from 2015 um, to 2020, approximately. And I invested about five or six years with that person, invested half a million dollars, actually, in their coaching programs for business mentorship specifically. And while I did learn a lot, I was, you know, left flat and... Uh, unfulfilled in every other area of my life. And it was very frustrating. While I could look to this person for business training, I it, I couldn't look to them for anything else. I didn't respect that person's choices when it came to diet and their position in the world and the message they're sending in the world. But I'm trying to glean bits of, of hope and inspiration about marketing and business. Well, that, that left me really frustrated. I've learned a lot through that experience, you know? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Do you have a three, four names of people you you feel uh, are influencers you really like or learn from that you want to share? Um. Well, different areas. I mean, a couple of the raw vegans that really inspired me, who I still look to 
not that I follow their exact advice or lifestyle, but that I really think are a good example. Just in the raw vegan world, I, I really look highly upon um, Lou Corona. Okay. Gabriel Cousins is someone who I really respect and look to for leadership. Um, you know, there's some others in there too. I really like Karen Calabrese, for instance. You know, she's uh, in her 70s now, long-term raw vegan. Um, those are a few that I look to. Yeah, that's helpful. Yeah. A lot of those um, people are actually anti-fruit, believe it or not. So Gabriel <laughs> Cousins, I'm not anti-fruit. I eat a lot of fruit. <laughs> but Gabriel Cousins says that he thinks two bananas is kind of max for a day. You know, like, so <laughs> it's, everybody's got their different perspectives on how to make a raw vegan diet work. But when you look at someone who's been raw vegan for 45 years, 50 years, and they are 77, but look 45, you know, I mean, you got to take some of what they say seriously. So it's interesting. Yeah. And Gabriel Cousins is someone who I particularly look up to because he comes from that Essene um, way of understanding. And I love the book, The Essene Gospel of Peace. The Essenes were raw foodists 2000 years ago at the time of Jesus and, and left a lot of written documentation. So I think that's interesting. I still have the gospel of peace on my uh, bedside table. I haven't started, but it was actually given to me by a really good friend of mine who's a fan of the Essenes. Uh, have you read the Holy Magilla also? Uh, no, I have not. I haven't read that. And But he told me in the Essene, there's kind of three diets. I think there's a cleansing, a maintenance, and a building. Uh, I think in one of them, you eat eggs too. Just, mm. I mean, yeah, I know. Uh, they had, they, the Essenes do have some animal products in there as well. So it's not like in end all be all it's also not uh you know 2000 years ago before refrigeration and we have modern nutritional understanding today so i don't think we need to eat eggs for nutritional reasons but back then maybe they did you know um okay so just so you know we've been going for an hour and 10 minutes already i'm really enjoying it so i'm happy to keep going but i, I wanted to know how how you are so um well we can wrap it up i mean how you know, I think concise is good. If we wrap it up now and we're like an hour and 20 minutes, I think that's a good time. Can I ask you a few more questions and we make the answers more concise? Yes. The things that I want to cover. Um, one of them is for the routine. So you say you work out like strength, I think six days a week. I've had people including uh, Ted Carr, but some people say it's like probably three times a week is maximum because you're actually building the muscle while you sleep and recover and you don't want to overtrain. How do you uh, how do you feel about that working out strength training six times a week? Yeah, well, I do a split, a workout split that maximizes recovery time for each muscle group work. So recovery time is absolutely the key to building muscle. It is where muscle is built. Muscle is broken down in the gym and built during sleep. So it's important that we have adequate recovery time. And I shoot for about 48 hours, two days of recovery time for each muscle group which is consistent with the science that that's optimal. So if you do a workout split, you can work a muscle group, give it two days to recover before you come back to that muscle group. So I do a push-pull leg split. So I do all the push movements on one day, bench press, overhead press, uh, triceps. And then next day I go to a pull day. So I do bent over rows. I do you know back exercises, pulling. I do bicep curls. And then the third day, I will do legs. 
And then by the time I get to the fourth day, I've had two days to rest on all my push muscle groups. So I can go back. So that's where I can get six days of exercise in for, um, and two days of rest for each muscle group. It's also partly because I really rely on the hormonal stimulation and the um, just the overall stimulating effect of working out. I rely on it to be effective in my business. I rely on it for my mindset. Days I don't go to the gym, I feel um, like I'm missing something. Like I don't have that edge that I get on days I work out. Part of the reason why I work out six days a week is really truly for the edge that I'm looking for. Because like I said, I have a mission and I'm not a complacent person. I'm always looking to go beyond my comfort zone and improve myself in exceptional ways. So I need the edge. And my exercise routine isn't so much to look like a fitness model. It's to have the edge and also fight my demons. Look, the world is a stressful place. Sometimes there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in this world. One of the ways I process is through my workouts. I, it, when I'm in the, in the heat of an exercise, when my muscles are burning, my hormones are stimulated, my heart is racing and I'm panting in those moments. I feel like everything's okay. I feel like the world makes sense. I feel like I, I'm in control of my physiology. I, and I often have my greatest insights and epiphanies in those moments. So some people might have epiphanies while they're in the shower. I have epiphanies while I'm sweating and panting. And I come up with very good business ideas of how to uh, bring my message to a broader audience and, and things like that during those sessions. So that's part of my motivation for six days a week. Mm. And uh, that's really cool. And do you take uh, any supplements, uh, especially for the gym? I mean, you talked about the superfood and the cacao. I'm thinking, for example, creatine. Yes, I take vegan creatine. That is the only supplement I take. Yep. And I cycle on and off of it. Uh, and I take, you know, less than five grams per day. And I don't take I only take it on days I work out. And I then will spend months not taking it. And I have done this for years. So I have a very clear understanding of what creatine gives me and what it does for my body. And I would say when I'm in push times, when I'm trying to build muscle, I'm in a growth building phase, a bulking phase, so to speak, creatine is invaluable for me. And I utilize it for that time. But then if I'm in a cutting phase and I'm going for more uh, high repetition or lower weight, and I'm not trying to push my strength thresholds, then I will stop taking creatine and cycle off it for a, a few months. But in general, I find that creatine is just an amino acid. It comes, you know, you can get it from vegan sources. It just is energy inside of the muscle tissue. It's very beneficial for strength training, and I highly recommend it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Um, yeah. And supplements in general are not something that I really take. I mean, I, I will take a, a B12, an iodine and a D3 during the winter. And that's about it. You know, I'm not big on supplements. Yeah, there's even I mean, again, that's like a whole discussion, but people including like L L Lauren Lockman, um, but also even for B12, Duke Graham, Robert Moss, a lot of them think because we make it if you have um, that even taking the supplement can injure the uh, ability of your body to produce its own actually. Yeah. 
Yeah. When I went for, for first went vegan, when I was 17 years old, I was just a kid. I didn't think anything about B12. And I, like I said, I was strict vegan for many, many years, 12, 13 years before I ever even thought about su a supplement. Now I went all those years without taking B12 and never had an issue at all, you know? So it was a non-issue partly because I think I was young and my gut was not destroyed from decades of eating processed and fried food. So my gut was able to readapt to a proper microbiome on a whole food plant-based diet and produce its own B12. I'm almost 100% convinced of that. Now I don't have proof. I can't go back in time. I can't do blood tests or gut tests, but my intuition says that my body produced all the B12 that I needed during that time, luckily, and I didn't even have to think about it. Now, as a raw vegan, I think about all these things, of course, because I'm much more educated and knowledgeable on the subject. So I do these types of supplements in, in extreme moderation. I take hardly any B12 at all, you know, but I do for good measure here and there. Same with iodine and D3. It's like minute amounts for good measure and really don't even think about it. And so many people on social media, for instance, come at me like, where do you get your B12? You know, you're, you, as a vegan, you have to supplement your whole life. You know, I'm like, no, no, I don't take supplements, you know? Yeah, it was, it's interesting. Laurent told me with, with water fasting, there's a, he cures a lot of deficiencies, which is feels upside down for people but because it's mainly an absorption thing. Then when the body starts working, you actually don't need that much of the nutrient or it starts being produced by the body. So by only drinking water, there's a lot of nutrient deficiencies that you can cure. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And I would say that when we give our body um, time to regenerate and detox by not overburdening the body with digestion, the body really responds well and can improve digestion, improve utilization and conversion of nutrients. So being a raw vegan for many years allows your body to convert very efficiently, you know, like converting omega-3 to DHA and EPA, for instance, you know, it's like, it's, it's a non-issue. You don't have to supplement these or eat fish oil or any of these things. If you are consistently raw vegan with a focus on gut health and eating proper balance and minimal eating, your body's always stimulated to get the most out of its food. It's miraculous, really shows the wisdom of the body. Amazing. And um, so Shane, I'm, I'm also interested in a uh, more spiritual part and also in breatharianism and potential like going towards immortality in that mind-body complex. So uh, if, if that's something you're interested to talk about, we can take a bit more time on it. Well, you know what my thought is? Um, I'll do another I one. heard... Okay, I heard Dolores Cannon once speak about uh, an extraterrestrial race that was raw vegan, okay, and that it was the future of, now I'm not saying I believe this, I've just, I'm saying this is what Dolores Cannon spoke of, this extraterrestrial race moved away from whole food completely to raw juices, and that this was the future of humanity, that we were going to move in that same direction. Now, I heard her say that. Have you read Man's Higher Consciousness by Ilton Otema? I do. Yeah, it's on my bookshelf right here. Um, so not saying that I agree with that, but I like that thinking that we're going to move away from denser foods and understand nutrition at a higher level so that we can essentially what now what is the core of what she's saying? She's saying more nutrition from less effort, less digestion, less intake. 
imagine if we could take a, you know a magic pill so to speak and have all the nutrients we needed but require no digestion no physiological response from the body we would live to be a thousand years old the reason we age and die quickly is because we're burdening the body and the digestive system with food that's why when we eat light eat raw vegan and juice drink juices the new the concentration of nutrition for no effort we get more, we live longer, we're going to be highly activated and connected because we're not burdened with lower density physiological processes. This is why I love having a green juice every day because I feel very, very activated, very satisfied when I have my green juice every day. And uh, so I would tend to think more along those lines. Now, breatharianism is not something that I'm educated on knowledgeable on, and I really don't have any comments on it exactly. I'm aware of it, of course, you know, like many people in the raw vegan movement, we're going to be highly aware of it, but I don't really have enough of an insight to make a meaningful comment on that specifically. You feel it's something you can move towards at some point? I would say that when we connect to pure consciousness, it's highly activating. Yes, I think that in the purest form, we are just energy. And the process of eating is a very base, fear-driven, fear-based practice. And this is why I'm raw vegan, because I'm moving away, away from the survival fear-based mentality of having to consume heavy amounts of food for survival. So there's a spectrum on that. If you continue it up, then you could just live on pure pranic energy alone. Yeah, I do believe it's possible. That's why I asked you if you had read Manzaya Consciousness too, and I guess there's other books on it, but that's the one I thought of where it's like you go, yeah, raw vegan, more fruitarian, more juices, like liquidarian, and, and then have received more and more from like kind of shift the metabolism from a more food nutrient base to a more pranic, I mean, where you still might have the nutrients from the, from the sun and the br breathing, um, the meditation and this kind. And also in the book, they talk about people, whether we believe it or not, when we were more liquid ions or even breath ions living tens of thousands of years and then more in the time of the Bible would be hundreds of years. But um, yeah. also because, because I see you look so young, you, you're an interesting like case study of, someone who could push the boundaries of uh, how long we live, for example. And that, I think, is very uh, linked to, to diet. Yeah, I think it's fascinating. And I, I love the, the theories behind that. And I would say also that, you know, there's a war for consciousness on this planet. I believe there are very evil forces that want to enslave our consciousness and manipulate us for energetic reasons. And therefore i'm i'm part of this uh, awakening journey and i'm a warrior i'm a spiritual warrior and i'm very committed to being an effective warrior and making the biggest impact for good that i can while i'm here on this planet so for me having impact having reach having my message driven deep into the psyche beyond my lifetime i want to leave a legacy on this planet and for me to leave a legacy, I have to be somewhat engaged. I have to be energized. I have to be stimulated, like we were talking about, so that I'm not just interested in checking out and being purely spiritual. I'm more interested in bridging the worlds between spirituality and massive change, because we need change. 
So I'm more of like in the front lines, I'm in the trenches of transformation. And so if I'm not going to be living on pranic energy in this lifetime, that's okay, because I'll have more to come, you know. So I think of it like that, like we have duties to do in any given lifetime. And it's important to fulfill our duty. You know, Maria, you know, what's really interesting is that my location astrologer, my Asterian astrologer, who I work with closely, he told me in my past life, and he told me this before he knew any, the first time we ever talked, he knew nothing about me. He just read my chart. He said that in a past life, I was working as some sort of a, of a dietary practitioner, some sort of like a, a holistic doctor. And he said that I had this wisdom that I really wanted to share with the world that would change the world. And he said that my information was so radically different that my colleagues around me, my peers silenced me and that I went to my death, never bringing my message to the masses, to the, to the mainstream ideas. And he said, in this lifetime, my karmic destiny is to bring that message to the people. And he said, do you mind me asking what you do? He had no idea who I was or what I did. This was our very first interaction. I was like, whoa, man, that's trippy because I'm a raw vegan coach and I help educate people on the power of raw food. I, at that moment, I realized that my past life that he was talking about was the raw vegan message, the raw food message. We were supposed to move away from cooked foods to the higher vibrational living food uh, awakening. And it's going to benefit all of humanity when we get on board with this, it's a, it's a powerful awakening tool, transformational for the mind, body, and soul. It will heal the planet, and it will heal the psyche and the trauma, the past traumas of humanity. It's really the, the future. So it's my message, and I'm committed to it. <laughs> Through multiple lifetimes, Alex. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And um I had a thought also, which was, do you have any thoughts on our interest in urine therapy? I, again, that's a topic I'm not really educated enough to make a meaningful comment. I, I'm aware of it, of course. Um, it's not something that I practice, and I just don't know enough to want to make a comment or have a meaningful comment on that. Well, I think we've covered a lot for, for today. I would say maybe the one thing I would add that I remember you said uh, with Gillian's interview is like also your awareness of being like uh, in this world, but not of this world helps you being more relaxed and not stressing about everyday things, which you think is also an important element of uh, you looking and feeling good and young, right? Yeah, thank you for touching on that. Yes, that was a great interview. And I was inspired in that moment to say that. It's interesting because I don't really talk about that a lot. It's so personal to me. It's so deeply part of who I am. And it's sometimes hard to see the forest through the trees. We It's hard for us to get to the deeper, truer nature of our reality and share it publicly sometimes. I don't know about you or your listeners listening now, but it's hard to sometimes get to those deeper truthful, authentic, vulnerable places. And that was a moment where I just had a real truthful epiphany within myself. And I, I really, truly believe one of the secrets to my success is that I've, I came in on the 5D consciousness, awakening consciousness. I'm not here to just be in the world. I'm, not, I'm in the world, but I'm not of this world. And I have a deep understanding of my source connection, where I come from, what my mission is, where I'm going to go when I leave this earth. I have no desire to be caught up in the drama of planet earth. I am here for a bigger purpose and a bigger mission. And so therefore I have a lot less stress. 
because I'm guided. I always am guided, especially as a raw vegan. My intuition is impeccable, if not bordering on psychic. And so I'm always taken care of. I know this deeply. And if I ever get into a stressful situation, I know it's for my own growth and and good. It's almost like I have a counsel and, and a, a sense of higher self always counseling me on, on how perfect everything is. And so on a deep fundamental level, I know everything's perfect and the universe is smiling upon me. Everything is working out on my behalf at every moment. And there's never been a moment of my life where it hasn't been working out in my favor. And I truly believe that deep down. And I think that's part of why I, I look young for my age. Awesome. Thank you so much, Shane. Yeah, yeah Alex. Thank you, man. Uh, okay, we've been going for an hour and a half. So I think we'll leave it there. Maybe we'll have a, a, another one at some point. I like to do uh, also little debates sometimes. So for example, the other time I had Lauren Lockman and uh, Professor Spira. So maybe there'll be interesting ones to do this way. But anyway. Oh, yeah, uh, that'd be great. I'm always happy to come back. Yeah, if you'd, if you'd like to invite me, I'm down. Yeah, well, thank you so much. And I want to acknowledge you for, uh, you know, you're very inspirational to me and to some of my friends here who are on the Rovigan path in the community in Ubud also. Uh, you know, I've told I have a Telegram group that people can join where some people added questions they wanted for you. You're welcome to join there also. Of mm. course, Shane and everyone who uh, listens, but a lot of people were really, really interested to uh, have you on the show. And my friends also with whom I live here were like, oh, that's so exciting that uh, my partner, <laughs> also, she was super awesome. excited. Had helped me prepare some of the questions. So you're definitely having a lot of impact, Shane. You're uh, very inspiring to me and a lot of people here. And yes, it's, it's been beautiful. You know, you're like embodied. It's, it's like, I'm like a, a young man, you know, I'm like, okay, I want, I want to be rough again. I want to have energy. I want to build muscle. I want to uh, have good relationship, have impact in the world, all these things. And uh, it's been, it's been really good. That's why I kept you a little bit longer because it's been really good uh, mentoring also for me to, mm. to listen. So thank you for that. I'm sure You're very you welcome, Alex. Thank you for having me on. Do you mind me asking how old you are? What stage of life are you in? Yeah, I'm 32. 32. Okay, yes. great. What do you mean by stage of life? Oh, I don't know. We go through different stages. You know, I was a different person when I was 32. And, you know, we come into different kind of tiers of wisdom and, okay. I'm, and I'm, impact. Okay, I mean, uh, I'm in the building phase. So I've settled more in Bali here, got like getting some land, building community, also connected yeah. to a network around the world, uh, also through like crypto technology and decentralized organization. Mm. Uh, so I have a beautiful relationship that I'm building a lot of amazing friendships and um, community. So I'm like, um, I, I used to be a bit more on the digital nomad and on building businesses and I'm still in a way doing that, but like now I'm, I'm fully aligning with my purpose of why I came here, which is to manifest the new earth, a new earth mm. where... Uh, women feel safe where animals aren't slaughtered, where nature is being <laughs> taken care of, and where we live in harmony with each other. Uh, where you you go out of your sacred geometry, naturally uh, built house to jump into a river where you can drink the water and pick the ma the organic mango from the tree. And all the <laughs> so now I'm, that's I'm nice, man. That. So I've stopped a bit traveling. Uh, I still enjoy going to ecstatic dance on weekends and having fun for sure. But I'm like pretty, pretty focused on that. 
That's great. Yeah, we have a similar vision for the new earth in common. So thank you so much for aligning with me today and having me on your podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And for the listener, if you can, if you liked it, like, share and subscribe. And thank you for your attention too and to listening to all this. Uh, Shane, do you have a last word? I would say for someone who hasn't stepped into a fully raw path in their life, don't let the fear stop you. There's great gifts on the other side of fear. And anytime that we feel resistance in our life, it is often pointing the way to our own greatness. So getting uncomfortable sometimes is the path to our destiny. So if a raw vegan diet is calling you, listen, try it. Don't be afraid of you know, the things that we hear and that it uh, could have negative impacts because if we're called and we have a calling in our heart, we must listen. It's the hero's journey to become the best version of ourselves. And in that process of saying yes to our calling and putting down our fear, we do have to go through a death and rebirth transformational process, but that is how we become reborn. That is how we create the new earth is by up-leveling our own deeper consciousness and awareness through facing our fears and saying yes to our callings. Our brother, and yeah, for everyone who want to listen more, of course, I'll put in the show notes, uh, your Instagram, your YouTube channel, and your website. Thank mm, you so great. Much. Thank you so much.